Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What is going on, Colts fans? Welcome back to the Blue Stable Podcast, the official Colts podcast of Fan Sided. Joined by me once again is, of course, Destin Adams. We got Rashad McGinnis back for two shows in a row. We're definitely going to keep that consistency going on. If you haven't seen it already, go to Twitter. Rashad and I met up earlier this week hey. in Louisiana, man. We, man, it was good to see my brother. It was feeling good. You know, I got to see him, got to hug him. You heard me. So I, I mean, wasn't it, jealous it just... at all. I wasn't jealous <laughs> in the slightest. I wasn't crying, looking out my window, watching it rain in Indianapolis. That wasn't me. What's up, Rashad? Man, I was just excited, man. Look, we were supposed to meet up uh, in Indianapolis this week. For those of y'all that don't know, me and Mike will not be able to make it. Dustin Step definitely will still be there in Section 404. Look for my boy right next to the anvil. Uh, I don't want to say anything about the anvil because last week, Pat McAfee, he did his thing with the anvil and we saw what that led to. So we're not going to talk about that. But it was good seeing my brother, Mike. I'm going to be seeing him more and more and more before he head back to Texas. We got a lot of things we got to do, Mike, before we go back. Look, man, (laughs) that is a fact. That is a fact. Uh, A lot of things we need to discuss, but... um, I felt depressed today because while I was in the middle of my work day, I looked at my phone and I had the little notification, your flight is departing, go to gate three, you know, something like that. So I shed, I might've shed a tear, you know, a little bit. I forgot about that. Uh, hey, on, I the bright forgot. Side, I didn't... on the bright side, whoever was sitting next to you on the plane just had all that leg room. That's you, fire. you you blessed somebody's night. You did. That's I'm, I'm pretty sure they they sold that seat. Probably, I'm pretty sure they did. <laughs> uh, but did they resold guys, it. They had time. Probably they saw that I never checked in. You're like, you know what? We got a seat available. So, uh, but guys, this is not a day in the life of Michael Terraza's uh, podcast. This is a Colts podcast, and we have a massacre. I mean, a football game this weekend about to happen. Go on in Lucas Oil Stadium. Okay. So, um, where, golly, where should we even start with this one? Oh, that's right. The good old beautiful Indianapolis Colts injury report. The one that I love so much that looks like my H-E-B grocery shopping list. All right. So let's start off. Okay. We got Quentin Nelson, who is going 
going to be questionable. He missed two days of practice all week. Okay, we got Eric Fisher. Little bit of a good sign. Limited for two days. Full participant today. He is still questionable. Colts still don't know how that's going to respond. Quiddy Pay. A little bit of a hamstring issue. He was limited for two days. He did miss practice yesterday, okay? Another questionable we have is earlier this week, Kari Willis. He missed with he missed with an illness on Thursday, but he did come back to practice today. Mm -hmm. Julian Blackman is new to the injury report, did not participate. He is questionable. I don't think it's really that much of an issue. He probably just had like a little bit of a flare up and they said, okay, all right, sit down. You're about to be the next face of the secondary in the NFL. We don't need to get, we need you to get hurt. That'll be that. Okay. So another two more questionables is our wide receiver tandem of Michael Pittman Jr. and Paris Campbell. And there they were new. They were limited. They're questionable. Paris Campbell dealing with an abdomen, a new injury and Michael Pittman dealing with an ankle. So, guys, um, where should we even start with this one? Uh, Rashad, I'm going to let you go first. What is your reaction to the um, – we knew it was coming – to the same old Colts injury report? Uh, I felt like a kid again because the injury report was longer than the school supply list. And I was just looking at it like, goodness, all of these players in week two. This is – it's ridiculous, bro. I mean, we already know Xavier Rose and Braden Smith is a no-go. Uh, Game-time decision on Eric Fisher. Bro, our offensive line is in pain. And we're going against one of the best pass rushes we're going to see all year. I wouldn't say the best because there's a, there's a couple other teams that have elite pass rushes, but this is definitely one in the NFL. And it scares me, bro, looking at the injuries – Report, we can't protect Carson Wentz. We saw what happened with Carson Wentz last year when he was surrounded by an offensive line that couldn't block anything. And I, I just don't know, man. I, I want to be optimistic about it, but looking at it, it scares the hell out of me. Dustin, what you think about it? Yeah, I mean, the one positive you can get out of the injury report is that Carson Wentz isn't on it. Um, I mean, that, that that's a good sign that the foot is holding up. It wasn't just a, he stretched himself. He made it out to week one. Um, he was a full participant in each day of practice this past week. It's his first full week of practice he's had as a Colt um, since the beginning of training camp. That That's ridiculous to think about. Um, but he finally got a full week under his belt. I mean, you, you were just mentioned in that offensive line Carson Wentz had last year. I mean, one of his starters last year um, – Pryor is going to be probably going to be out there at right tackle, if I had to guess. But I'm going to be honest with you guys. I think I'd rather see Pryor than Davenport in this matchup just because I feel like a lot of the Rams' specialty on the defensive line is, is, is that power rush. I feel, I feel like they're just stronger than everybody. Um, and honestly, like, I, 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 I think Pryor could at least be better than Davenport this week for that reason. But, hey. We'll see what happens. Um, Davenport is a big old dude. So maybe they throw him in at right tackle if Fisher is able to go. If Fisher and Braden Smith aren't able to play, good Lord. Um, we're we're, we're going to be running out of the shotgun. Um, my, my boy Michael's 15 uh, snap limit, I mean 15 rush limit for Taylor will happen just because the Colts will be passing it every single down. Yeah. Yeah. Um... 
I'm going to go ahead and say it now. I don't want Eric Fisher to play in this game. You're coming back from an Achilles, and you're about to be demolished by this man, AD. I'm not going to. I would agree with you if Braden Smith was playing. Me too. Yeah. There is no way that I will ever root to watch Davenport and Pryor in the same game. I can't do it. I don't have it look, in me. Man, I don't look, care man. if it's better than Eric for better for Eric Fisher. It's not better even for know. Destin Adams. We don't even, we don't even know. The Colts are still to determine if he's going to play or not. I'm not sure if that decision is going to come tomorrow, if they're going to get him on the field before in the pregame to see how his Achilles is responding to some drills, but Man, this, this is getting uh, crazy. A note to, you know, consider here on the Rams injury report. Man, this is foreign to me. There was nobody questionable for this game. I there, Man, this was – the Rams got it, got, got it good, man. Um, so – That's how we like it. No excuses when we, when we go in there and punch them in the mouth. Amen? Um, okay, I'm gonna skip the amen on that, but look, <laughs> I, I, I love and I and I, I want to believe. Okay, that was when I was 16. I've grown up a little bit. I know what reality is sometimes. Um, but I mean, is, are there any thoughts on this injury report? Just going back and forth. Is there a worry to a specific player you have? I think there's one obvious one on this list, uh, but I'm not gonna say it. So I'm gonna start with Rashad. Um, I'll go away from the, the typical worry that everybody has. My biggest worry is Darius Leonard, man. Last week, we saw him not play up to his caliber and now up to his price tag. I can say now that he's officially the highest paid linebacker in football. I think he has to play at a much higher level. I know he forced a turnover on the punch out and that was a great play. That's what we expect from Darius Leonard. He, he is the splash play guy. But we need more consistency from him down to down, not just making a splash plays, but also helping out in the run game. Michael talked about it last week, that that void that Anthony Walker left. Bobby Okarigi and Darius Leonard has to step up and fill that void because a lot of people killed Anthony Walker for what he did in the passing game. But he was a great leader in the locker room and he was a hell of a run defender. So I think Darius Leonard has to play better and seeing him being bothered by the ankle. Hopefully, I don't know if it's the same ankle that he had surgery on. Do any of you guys know? But if it is, then that I don't injury can that injury can end up lingering throughout the season, which is something we don't want at all. Especially for a guy like we've said multiple times on this podcast that has just not shown that he can play a full season. Um, the position that I think I'm the most worried about after looking at the injury reports, the safety group. I mean, Willis and Blackman are both questionable coming into this game. Um, it's honestly probably the thinnest group on the defensive side of the ball right now. Um, because I mean, after that, I mean, we have Odom, um, we just, we just went out and signed, uh, the ex Vikings and Brown safety. Adrian Sandejo. Yes. Their fans all hate the, him. That's always a good, that's Adrian? always a, always a good sign when their the fans absolutely that's hate him. Dustin, I seen what you did. You paused till Mike could say his name because Mike's Hispanic. I see what you did. Um, it wasn't because he's Hispanic. It's because I don't want to. Hispanic? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. I didn't do it. Hold the horses now. I didn't do it. Hispanic. I didn't say a thing. I didn't say I didn't, one thing. I didn't, I didn't want to say Mexican. <laughs> oh, my Jesus. Man, let's keep going with this, man. What the hell is going on? But in general, right if, if, if either Willis or Blackman's not able to go, um, I mean, you would assume they put George Odom in that spot. Um, and 
I like Odom a lot as a special teamer. I'm, I like him a lot when it comes to the position. I'm just worried that if either of them isn't going to go, especially with how thin our corners are right now. Matt, Matt Stafford, Matthew Stafford, you may want to bet the over on that man's yards. What's he said at 400? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm very curious what's going on with Paris. It's starting to be something new with him, man. I mean, he never was an injury guy in college, but sometimes it just takes one to the body to start a trickle-down effect. We've seen that many times in the NFL. Uh, um, unfortunately, Malik Hooker went through that. Quincy Wilson was dealing with a little bit of that. I mean, hell, we saw it with the love and dear that I'm not going to mention, but we saw it with him as well. So I, I really hope nothing keeps coming for Paris. Um, if I went with reality, if I went with what his NFL career has told me so far is that he will continue to get injured, but I am going to still pray. I'm going to still knock on some wood that he stays healthy because, man, we're starting to – like Destin mentioned last week or earlier this week about the Seahawks game, you saw no separation. You saw none of that going on against a fairly questionable uh, Seahawks corner group. And now you're going to go up against the number one corner in the league. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. But next, we have a very special, uh, <laughs> special segment from Destin. Yeah, this next topic is brought to you guys by One Call Technology. One Call Technology is a managed telecom service provider whose senior staff has 100 plus years of experience in virtually every aspect of business communications, business phone system installation and service, managed telecom service provider, telecom carrier management, and high speed internet. Head on over to One Call's website at www.onecalltech.com or give them a call at 888. 888- 585-8850 and tell mm-hmm. them the blue stable sent you but guys there we go we got to get into it we got to get into the colts versus rams um i, I ah. understand a lot of us are worried i know a lot of us aren't exactly uh penciling in a w right now but there are still some fun matchups to watch in this one and Michael, I want I want to hear from you first. I want to know what matchup you are the most interested to see. Um, <laughs> I hate Michael. <laughs> that laugh is hilarious. He sounds my, my boy Michael sounded like the hyenas in the Lion King. Right? He did. <laughs> he did. Um, uh, it's hilarious. Um, um, the matchup that I'm looking for. Four isn't even happening on the field. It's happening on the sideline. How badly is Sean McVay going to whoop Matt Eberflus's ass and play calling? That's what I'm looking to. Uh, mm. uh, that's where it's going to be. You know, sometimes, a lot of times in game, it's going to be about the coaching. Um, I could go to many, not very many, I'm being optimistic. I could go to a few on the field. But really, this is where it's going to happen. If the Colts are going to want to keep it a close game, Matt Eberflus is going to have to put his very, very, very best foot forward. This is going to have to be, I'm not going to say the game of his life, okay? It's week two. Let's not get crazy. Um, But he's going to have to come up with a very, very strategic uh, game plan for this offense. Matthew Stafford hasn't won crap because he's been in Detroit, but don't let that blind you that he is a very, very elite quarterback, in my opinion. And possibly a top three offensive-minded head coach in this league. 
So we got to put the best foot forward. Uh, if it's a cover two, then the play will probably last four or the drive will probably last four plays and it'll end up in a touchdown because that's what Matt Eberflus's favorite thing is, cover two. Let's just keep everything in front of us, but we let allow everything behind us. So I, I really want to see what he does, what he tries to come with. I really don't hope for a lot of blitzes at all. Uh, that Rams offensive line is good. So rely on your front four to get it done. We really need to have – Matt's got to get it done, man. He's got it. This is the – you know, I've been hard on him, but I'm giving him chance after chance in this season. And in this game against a team you expect, you think that they're going to be in the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl, this is the time to show that you can coach. Not necessarily coach like that, but – you can put your best foot forward. You can put your defense in a place to succeed, in a position to succeed and play to the best of your ability. And questionably, Matt Eberflus has been 50-50 on that. But can he, you know, change, flip the script after last week's embarrassing debacle? And can he come out against the LA Rams and get it done? That's my matchup to watch. And to um, piggyback off your point, Michael, uh, last week we saw – the coach plays Seattle, and Seattle's offensive coordinator is first-year guy, Shane Waldron, who's a, a disciple of Sean McVay. You know, he was under the coaching umbrella of Sean McVay with the Rams for a bunch of years. So we got to see a preview of a little bit of McVay's offense, also with the stuff that Russ already liked to do, you know, the bootlegs and, and the, the big shots downfield. I think Russ – thing was they needed him to do more quick game and, and not just boom or bust, you know, get him to settle for some of the check downs. And that's a lot of the stuff you're going to see with Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford's going to get the ball out quickly. He's going to hit these short routes. He's short to intermediate routes. He's going to lull you to sleep. And then he's going to test stretch you vertically because that's what this offense does. You know, Sean McVay does an excellent job of scheming up different wide receivers. He gets, he spreads the ball around. He gets everybody involved. And that offense is really, really dangerous. But my matchup is Naheem Hines versus the linebackers. That is my intriguing matchup. I think Naheem Hines has a chance to have a big game because if there is a weakness to this Rams defense, I think the weakest part is the linebackers. So we have to find a way to attack the middle of the field. Now, the Rams do get credit because they drop one of those safeties very often and put them in a box to try to take that away. But if we can get those linebackers matched up on Naheem Hines in the backfield, that's a matchup I think we can exploit. I even heard from someone that, that, that coaches for the Rams that Naheem Hines is a big focal point this week. So I know definitely they're locked in, they're tuned in, they've done their homework, but you can't stop explosive plays, man. Naeem Hines is one of those guys, if you get him enough touches, eventually he's going to do something special. And that's the matchup I'm looking forward to the most this weekend. Rashad right, so Insider I'm, so, McGinnis so I'm with going the, to, some so coach I'm, on the I'm going to I'm going to email this podcast to Marcus Brady to let him show Frank Wright. <laughs> <laughs> Destin, what about you, man? What's your matchup to watch for? I mean, I mean, you guys just left it for me. So, I mean, I guess I'm going to have to say it. I mean, I don't, I don't know if we're going to be able to see it as much as Colts fans want. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I feel like one of the reasons that this 1 o'clock game is going to be a highly trafficked game um, ratings and views-wise this week is because of Aaron Donald versus Quentin Nelson. 
Um, we've, we've said it multiple times. We've seen it on Twitter multiple times already. Like we don't know how many times we're going to get it, but I, I can't imagine Aaron Donald as great as he is knowing as great as Quentin Nelson is that he doesn't want it at least a few times. I think it, we're going to get it more times than we are giving it credit for. Um, our guy, Zach Hicks, um, tweeted out over under five. Go ahead and pencil me in for over five. I'm going to say it now. O- over five snaps, we're going to see over five pass rush reps. We are going to see Aaron Donald on Quentin Nelson. Lock me in for it. Um, I don't think it's going to be much over five, but I think we're going to get more than five. But that, that's going to be must-watch football. I mean, if you're a true football fan and you love watching tr- the trenches play, I mean, this is going to be as good as it gets. Like, if you're a film junkie, this is going to be the game for you. I mean, even forget about Quentin Nelson and uh, Aaron Donald. I'm not sure how much he's going to be able to play inside. But what – I mean, hell, his name is escaping re- escaping me right now. Uh, Joseph Day, I believe oh, yeah. that's his name. Mm-hmm. Him and Ryan Kelly. That's mm-hmm. going to be another great matchup that I'm going to want to look at as well. Cause that is strength on strength, his talent on talent, skill on skill. That's going to be another highlight of me. Leonard I mean, Floyd coming off the edge too. There you go right there. Uh, mm-hmm. TCU old Matt Pryor going to lock him down, throw his ass to the sideline. So I, I love to see it. I mean, I, I would love to see it. Um, Aaron Donald and Quentin Nelson. I want to see it every play, but I'm not naming any names. But if the Rams defensive line coach in the D.C. happens to match Aaron Donald up with Quentin Nelson every play, then maybe they got to go because they're not taking advantage of Julian, <laughs> Julian Davenport. Uh, but I- I'm with Destin, man. I mean, that would have been the obvious one. And I went obvious last year with Quentin Nelson and Quentin Williams. So I'll give Destin this one uh, this year. But that is definitely going to be the number one matchup I'm watching, of course. Like what uh, Rashad said, Naheem Hines versus the linebackers. You know, he everyone knows by now what Naheem Hines brings to the table. For me, it's going to be all about the sidelines, what activity is going on, who is playing chess, who is playing checkers. Um, that That's where it's all going to come into play. If this got, game is going to be close, the Colts defense has got to step up. I got a matchup question almost for you guys. Just so, I mean – not every corner um, CB1 on a team travels with receivers. Jalen Ramsey's been known to travel with a receiver. Um, he'll take his assignment and he'll do what he's asked. Who, who do you think the Rams are circling as receiver one right now? Because, I mean, I think it's got, it, off, off of me, paper you would want it to be Michael Pittman, but I think it, it might be Zach Pascal if you watch the Seahawks game. Uh, I think you got to go with Michael Pittman, I think. I mean, I'm still disappointed in what Michael Pittman showed in week one. That was pathetic. Um, but it wasn't if you're just going off, it was the whole receiver group. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you're going off talent and production, Michael Pittman can produce. And if you really look at if this offense gets going, who's the one guy that can really get it going, you're going to look at Michael Pittman or possibly Paris Campbell. It's going to be one of those guys he's going to be following. I don't know if he's going to follow at all. I'm, I'm with you, Destin. I'm, I'm curious to see what that looks like, uh, what that game plan is from the D.C., but I think it's going to be Michael Pittman, and that's a matchup I've been dying to see. I want to see what Michael Pittman can do, how he's going to respond to a poor, poor, poor performance in week one. I mean, I forgot that he was on the damn team last Sunday. So I'm just sitting there. I'm like, oh, there he is. I didn't even know he was playing. 
I want to see how he reacts. But yeah, with Jalen Ramsey, I, I don't know if he's going to travel. That That's interesting to me. But if he did, I think it'd be Michael Pittman. A lot of times when the Rams, uh, obviously I watch the Rams a lot. A lot of times when the team, the opposing team that the Rams are playing don't have a dominant number one receiver such as us, they'll even line Jalen Ramsey up in the slot. They'll have him blitzing. They'll have him setting the edge in a run game. He does so much things for that team, man. And, and they utilize him all over the field because he's one of those guys that, depending on where he lined up, it alters what you want to do on offense. You know, if you see him taking away your number one receiver, then you want to go somewhere else with the football. Or if he comes out to snap and he's in the slot, per se, that may make you want to go try to go outside while you have the chance to go outside. And, and he's physical enough. He tackles like a safety. He, he's good in the run game. He's a complete cornerback, and he does take away half the field, essentially, when he's on the field. And I, I got a feeling they're going to see him all over the place come Sunday. All right. Yeah, well, I, I think I agree with you guys. I, just because of not having a dominant option there, I, I think Ramsey's going to get used in a lot of different places and not follow a receiver. I was just curious of who you guys think he would if they had to. Um, it would be uh, Pittman, though. I think Pittman. Um, I'm excited to see that, man. I don't know exactly what's going to happen with that. I mean, if you're smart, you probably take Jalen Ramsey in that matchup. Um, I'm, I'm definitely not going to start the Colts defense in my fantasy team. I know that. Uh, but I think I think uh, I don't I'm not sure if there's any more matchups that we're curious about getting into. Uh, anything last from from you, Rashad? One more. Uh Quiddy Pay, the rookie, you know, he had Ooh. a rough, he had a rough, rough matchup with Dwayne Brown uh, last week. It was essentially um, useless last week. I mean, he, he he didn't do much. We saw the play that got blown dead when everybody rubbed it because they thought he was going to get a sack. I, I'm i not one that thought he was going to get a sack that play. I thought Dwayne Brown heard the whistle and pretty much gave up on that play. But he has a, a matchup with Andrew Whitworth this week. Andrew Whitworth's an older guy. He's a mountain of a man, six foot seven, a whole bunch of pounds. I'm just going to say that. And he's on the older side. So maybe his quickness is essentially deteriorated over the years. Maybe he's not as quick with his feet and Quiddy Pay have a favorable matchup. I wouldn't say it's favorable. I would say it's a much better matchup compared to the one he had last week with Dwayne Brown. So I'm interested to see if maybe Quiddy Pay gets, gets off a snap or uses that burst that and that bend that he has and be able to make his first sack. Or even not the sack, just a couple quarterback hits. You know, we have a much more stable quarterback, a guy that's not going to move outside the pocket too much. Uh, he should be able to wreak some havoc, get a quarterback hit, or at least give me give me five to six pressures. I'm curious to watch uh, Pay, considering the fact that he was on the injury report with the hamstring. And the hamstring, to me, is like the most sensitive muscle in the body. And that requires a lot of explosion out of the gate. I mean, his, his get off on the line is very good. I'm curious to see if that'll, you know, linger. It'll show in the game. I'm very curious to see that. Uh, anything else from Destin Adams before we get into some predictions? I mean, on the similar topic, I just think uh, the big thing to watch um, before we get into some things that need to happen if we want to see the Colts win this Sunday. But uh, 
similar to what Rashad said, I think a guy who didn't get a play last week, um, Kamoku Toure, is a guy who has a lot more speed moves than a guy like Quiddy Pay so far. Um, I think he's a guy that could match up pretty well in this one um, if he gets to. I think I think we'll get to see Toure more than we've seen some of these other young guys, especially in Week One. Uh, I think they are going to line him up a little bit more. <laughs> um, will he out snap um, Alquadim Muhammad? That might be a topic every single week if Alquadim Muhammad is on the field ninety percent of the plays or not. But we'll see. We're- we're going to have some real problems if he doesn't. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think Toure is a guy to watch um, if he's able to get the snaps. With, with with the amount of speed rushes that he has in his arsenal, I think he's a guy that may be more suited um, in this game than a guy like Quiddy Bay, who has some speed rush moves as well, but a lot of his are power moves. Yeah. So, okay, before we get into predictions, it's time to, you know, tell the audience why we're going to win, all right? What is one thing from each of us that needs to happen for the Colts to walk out of Lucas Oil Stadium with a win? I don't want to start this off, honestly. I really don't. So I'm going to let Destin take it. I'll start. If the Colts are going to win this game, I think the offensive line needs to be pissed off. I think the offensive line needs to be pissed off. I think they need to – have watched tape in Seattle where they were getting their asses handed to them the entire week. Um, Braden Smith's not going to be out there to have a recovery game, but Ryan Kelly's another one um, who just had a uncharacteristic, just awful game. Um, and he's going to have to go out there and prove that he's a top center in the league. One of the best in the league at the position. Um, he, there's, there's chances that Aaron Donald could be over him at times. Like Aaron Donald plays everywhere. Like Ryan Kelly is not going to have an easy day. If he, so it's going to be a really good test for him. I think if the Colts are going to win with, with all the other injuries on the field, with all the limitations this roster has right now, I, I would say two or less sacks. If you have any more than two, I think you're putting this roster in an awful situation, and I would not bet on this team winning. But if you, if you have less than two sacks, I think the offensive line held up very well against this team, especially with Carson Wentz being a more mobile type. Um, I'm, I'm going to say less than two sacks. My matchup, I mean, my key to victory is the Colts have to run the football. They have to run the football. They have to keep that offense, that explosive offense on the sideline. I think the Colts have the opportunity to run the ball if if we can get at least four of our our top five offensive linemen out there. I saw Chicago have success last week running, running the football. David Montgomery went for over. 100 yards on this Rams defense and had a touchdown. It was very successful moving the Rams defensive line off the ball. The Rams do something they like. They something they love to do is show light boxes and dare you to run the ball on them. So you have to stick to the run game. Yes, they're going to muddy some stuff up on the D line and some of those plays are going to get stopped at the line, but you have to stick with it. That is the only way you're going to be successful against this Rams defense. If you Decide to just throw the ball. You're becoming one-dimensional. You're giving those pass rushes a chance to pin their ears back and go, and you're falling right into that trap. So that is my key to victory. Run the ball. Help Carson Wentz out as much as possible, and I think you can have some success. So how, how, many, to... how many rush attempts would you say the Colts need to, need to end the day with? Uh, anywhere from 23 to 30. Hmm. 23 to 30. I like it. I'm going to piggyback a little bit off what Rashad said. When you're facing fourth and one, give the ball to Jonathan Taylor. Stop doing a damn seven-step drop back, okay? Uh, that's just my opinion. Michael, my Michael, real, the Colts can't go for it on fourth and my short. Re- Fire Frank Reich. Fire Reich always, 
Frank Reich always goes for fourth down. Let's just understand that now, please. Um, if, if he wasn't that type, then I would say stop going for it on fourth down. But he is that type. So don't make it complicated. Just give the ball to 28. Simple. Mucho simple. Uh, but my real, my real um, matchup, man, there's – or one thing that needs to happen, man, in my opinion, the de- the defense has to be the ultimate bend but don't break defense. The ultimate. The Rams are going to move the football. Let's make one thing clear. They're going to move the football. But when they get inside the 20, that needs to be where everyone knows where they're supposed to be. There was a lot of arguing on the field last year, a lot of, you know, a lot of head movement, which means I don't know where the hell I'm at or where I'm going. Um, so there, everybody needs to know where they're at. Everybody, everybody needs to know who's going to be handed off to who in the secondary, because that's how busted coverages happen in the secondary, especially with a lot of those what we call in the secondary handoffs. That's what needs to happen. So the defense has got to be the ultimate bend, but don't break. They need to force field goals, force field goals, try to force turnovers. Uh, Don't allow this team in the end zone, man. Don't just don't. I mean, if I'm a smart fantasy owner, Destin, if I'm a smart fantasy owner and I have Daryl Henderson on my roster, would it be wise to start him against this defense? I mean, the Colts, I mean, last week, if you asked me, um, I would say just from watching that game, I would say you would start Daryl Henderson. The, Col- the Colts weren't able to keep Carson under 40 yards of carry. But that, that is something that I think the Colts are going to have to improve on is the run defense. Um, now, my question for you would be, what would be your number that this, if the Colts can hold the Rams to set amount of points – the Colts will be in good position to win this game because I mean, usually I would say a higher number, but I really feel like there's very little room for error in this game. Like to me, I would almost say the Colts need to hold the Rams. 17. See 17 is the first thing that comes to my head, but I mean, I, I I'll almost, say 20. I, I want to say 14. You, you think I'll if the Rams 20. only score 14, only score 20, you feel good about the Colts winning because, I, because here's my thing. The Rams are going to move the football. That's what we got to come to terms with. They're going to move the football. They're going to get to the 20-yard line. They're going to get in the red zone. If they don't, I'm going to be ecstatic. I'm going to be glad that I was wrong on this episode. But just looking at the matchup, knowing that that team is dangerous and who they have at quarterback is a major upgrade, they're going to move the football. So, I mean, I think I, I, I don't think so. But if you want to win this game – and you want to hold them 20 points is got to be the max because of the holes you have at the tackle position and the question marks at wide receiver. I think I agree with Rashad at the 17 number. Um, I just think that currently I would not, I wouldn't say that I'd be shocked if the Colts score in the twenties on Sunday, but I would not put money on the Colts scoring in the twenties on Sunday. No, absolutely this, not. this Rams defense, um, the, the, the caliber that they are at just about every aspect on that defense, really. I think the Colts number on defense needs to be 17. I mean, the offense obviously needs to not give up points either on the offensive side of the ball, but pick sixes or fumbles and all those such, but 
Ben not break is a great mentality, holding into field goals in the red zone, especially. I mean, that's where the Colts defense was really good last year was that red zone defense. So they got to step that up as well. Um, but they didn't have to play in the red zone that much against the Seahawks because they were allowing 50-yard touchdown throws. But uh, <laughs> So, I mean, we'll see what happens, man. But I, I think the number for me would be 17. If the Colts defense only allowed 17 points, I think we have a ball game on our hands. Dustin, you, you stole my you, number? Well, I mean, I told you that was the number that Rashad, I was thinking said, anyway. I said 17. But Rashad, you did say it first. I could have sworn Rashad said 14. Absolutely. I said – no, so I said um, – I said that 17 is the number that first comes into my mind. If I really wanted to feel comfortable, I would almost say the number should be 14. But uh-huh. but I don't think that's realistic. But right. so, like, I'm, I'm going to say 17 as well. I just think if the Colts can hold the Rams to 17 points – I'm not going to say that locks in a win. I'm not going to say you hold them to 17 and the Colts are a lock in my opinion, but I would say that if you hold them to 17, I think we have a competitive football game ahead. Absolutely. Oh man. I, I, I don't know, man. I really don't know. I mean, I want to be so optimistic. I really do. I just don't know if they're going to hold them to 17. That is asking a lot against that Rams offense. That's, that's asking a lot, but I mean, but that's what, that's what needs to happen talent, though. Xavier Rhodes won't play. Uh, you know, Kari Willis and Julian Blackman, they're going to be dealing with something. But are they going to step up? Because they're still, a, regardless who's dealing with what, there's still a job to do on Sunday. And that's going to be the mindset heading when you're walking into Lucas Oil Stadium. All that back nagging and all that upset stomach, man, that goes away as soon as I walk in this building. And it's go time. So that's what needs. that's what the mindset needs to be. You know that defense in L.A. is going to be Rock solid. You know they're going to come physical, so let's match that physicality. They think they're the only ones that got runners. They think they're the only ones that got dogs. We got some dogs on our defense as well. And I would love to see DeForest Buckner show up Aaron Donald at home. I would love to see the smack the hell out that safe, out, out of that center, man. Smack the out that man. Send him to the ground. Sack Matthew Stafford so many times. I don't care. That needs to be a dog mentality. And we about to see what this new Colts team is about. We about to see it. They got, they got some toughness in that Rams locker room. We about to see it. It's about to be when you're going up from freshman to varsity in high school. Where are you at? Now you with the big boys. Now, what is your toughness level? How far can you push the limits? How far can you push us? I think I'm going on a whole motivational speech, but I'm getting into my football. I'm <laughs> in my football mode right now uh i don't even have a tcu game to watch it tomorrow so they're on a bye week uh so but that's just what needs to be the mindset man that's that's gonna be the mindset definitely for this team so uh getting into some predictions finally rashad Kick us off, man. Give, give us give the uh, Rashad, if you news. steal my score prediction, oh. I'm going to fly out to New Orleans tomorrow. <laughs> oh, man. Why are you making me be the bad guy first, Mike? Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. It's got to be you. Um, My prediction for this game, I, I, have, I have the Rams uh, winning this game 27 to 17. Uh, I do think the Colts will be – they won't get blown out. You know, 27-17, that's 10 points. I know that's a lot. But I think they'll trail by three points for a majority of this game. And I think the Rams eventually score a touchdown and, and go up 10. But that's the number I landed on, 27-17. I know we talked about 17 being that sweet number. 
but I think that's about as much as I can see this Colts offense putting up against this Rams defense. And that totally hinges on if Frank is going to unleash Carson Wentz, something that we haven't really got a chance to talk about because we're just afraid that he can't be protected if he's unleashed. But I, I do want to see him challenge this Rams defense a little bit more vertically than he did Seattle last week. So uh, my, my score difference is going to be the same. I have a 10-point difference as well. Um, I am going ahead and saying that my one of the bets that I'm doing in my weekly parlay this week is the Rams covering that, that three-and-a-half spread that they're currently favored. Um, I have the Colts losing in this one 30-20. to 20. Um, So I have a 10-point difference, um, but I do think the Rams are going to be able to score um, more than I want them to. Um, So 30-20 is what I've landed on. I hope I'm wrong. I still say if the Colts are able to hold them to 17, this could be be a fun one. Look, we all want the Colts to win. Let's just make that clear to everyone who thinks that we hate the Colts, that we're not optimistic. We're just realistic. Mm-hmm. And we love the game of football. We love to break it down. We love to talk about it. We got to be realistic. We want the Colts to win. I want this Colts team to win. So getting into my prediction. Oh, man. I said on uh, the review show, the reaction to the Seahawks loss, it would be typical Colts football to be embarrassed in one week and come back the next week and put on a show. Win or lose, put on a show. And that's what I'm going to bank on. The Colts are going to come out and put on a show because that's typical Colts football. Um, I don't know if they're going to win. You know what? For the hell of it. You know what? Carson Wentz makes his great debut in Indy, leads the Colts to a walk-off field goal. Rodrigo his wife are going to be making Lego blocks that night for celebration the Colts are gonna win 27 to 24 you heard it right here first F you Aaron Donald but please come to the Colts so So guys I want you guys to know that Michael has probably been fighting that inner demon this entire show because I did not think he was going to do that I, I appreciate it I Me support. Too. I support it. I love it. I just disagree with it. <laughs> <laughs> that was totally out of left field, Mike. I'm so happy you did it, though, man. Because I I was sitting up just like, damn it, we got a Colts podcast, and nobody's gonna pick the Colts. Come on, man. Somebody has to pick. Them. Hey, man, Carson Wentz is gonna is gonna respond. He's gonna say, you know what? If you ain't gonna step up, you ain't gonna step up. I'm gonna step up. All right, so. I, I hope to God I am not proven so deadly wrong. <laughs> and this so, is a blowout. You, so, you, so you said 27-24 Colts, right? Yes. Okay. Walk-off field goal. Hey, I'll say this. If the Colts scored 27, that was a good day, win or loss. I mean, I, I'll feel, that I'll was feel a good day, very yeah. good if the Colts scored Against 27. Against that defense. What, the, oh, what, sure. did, what did the Bears score last week? Oh, I think 14. 14. Oh, 14. 14. Okay. 34-14. Oh, and the Colts should have watched that that tape just because they 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 made that offensive line rag dolls last week. Oh, the Rams man. on the Bears, man. Ooh. Oh my gosh, I don't even want to think about it. Stop before I change my prediction. Uh, look, guys, it was a fun episode. There's gonna be plenty of football to watch on Sunday again on Fox, I believe, 
it's going to be uh, Colts and Rams on Fox. I'm going to be watching it. Rashad's going to be watching it. Hell, maybe we might be watching it together. Destin's going to be in Indy. He's going to be watching the game firsthand. He's going to be in the stadium. Uh, I don't know if he's going to leave at halftime or not, but we're going to see, man. We're going to see. I am hoping the Colts show something. That's the fandom in me. Um, I really hope they do. 27 to 24, you heard it here first. The Colts are going to beat the Rams, and they're going to start the Carson Wentz MVP campaign. All right? (laughs) So, again, guys, what a good show it was. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube. Make sure to be looking us up in Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes, wherever you listen to your great podcast out there. I am Michael Terrazas. He is Destin. Adams. He is Rashad McGinnis. We are the Blue Stable Podcast, the official Colts podcast of Fansided. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for talking football with us. We will see you next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.